right, let's see what we have from Hafiz, from The Gift. A poem titled, The Angels Know You Well. You have fathered a child with me. You had your night of fun. If you no longer want the love my beautiful body can yield, at least take care of that holy infant my heart has become. God, you sired an heir with me when you gave birth to my soul. I thought of complaining to all the angels last night about your treatment of this homeless child. But then I remembered they too have a long list of love complaints because they also know you so well. That's pretty cool. You think this guy knows something. <laughs> oh, that's right. I heard God laughing from Hafiz as well. <laughs> Those are kind of fun to read, aren't they? Hafiz, Rumi, all the ones out there throughout history. And that's something I want to talk a little bit about today is this lineage of spiritual teachers that have lived, I want to say, beyond history, not just through the history of this planet, but really this line of action in God's loving that as God has sent forth into creation the experience of the soul and we the soul that we experience in God's creation, the God sent forth also this action or lineage of spiritual teachers. It's sometimes been referred to as the sons of God that I think it's in different maybe scriptures or I know there's references here or there, but maybe not a lot, but they've been referred to as the sons of God. And it is this lineage of spiritual teachers. But one of the things I like to say when I say a lineage, when I say spiritual teachers, because we often think of individuals. And yes, there are those divine lights, if you will, that are or make up this lineage. But the lineage is always truly that river of loving that ushers the soul into and through creation. As we've heard Jim share about that action of the Holy Spirit, that out of the Holy Spirit, God created the souls. And the Holy Spirit has always been with the soul on its journey from the very beginning, throughout all of experience, and also back into the oneness once again. And in this action of ushering the souls is where this lineage or the sons of God come from. And their action of service is to the soul on its journey right out of the realms of spirits, in the creation, in the time and space here, and right on the way back. This lineage has been here to not only serve the soul in the action of initiation, as we teach here, of the soul's return, but it also has walked with the soul, as God has never left the soul on its journey, that this lineage, if you will, through the Holy Spirit has walked with the soul, assisting it in its journey of experience, even in the simple practical things into the world. Even in those times as the soul came, if I want to say as a caveman or more of that earlier simple days, 
that it often had been these teachers that had also brought the knowledge of even farming and agriculture and those things in the world to serve humanity, to serve this experience of the soul through even the human experience throughout history. And always remember, as I say, this lineage is always the action of the Holy Spirit assisting the soul on its journey. I want to make that clear because I know often it's easy to get attached to a specific teacher and rightfully so because it is through the teacher that we experience God's loving, that action of the Holy Spirit. And that teacher is one who holds or embodies often referred to as the living word. Or if the teacher is in a physical body, it's often called the word made flesh. And these are things you've heard us describe over the years or you've heard other teachers through other books. But it is all that same action of God simply ushering the soul on its journey of experience, including that journey of return, this action of initiation, the action of receiving those sacred names for the soul's journey now home, back out of this physical kingdom, out of this realm of time and space, to be reinstated once again into the realm of the spirit from which the soul has come. So be aware of this. And that's often why you'll hear us talk about teachers from the past or read from the books like this, because there is those pearls of wisdom or that sacred knowledge or knowing that has been shared through the ages, that even within those words is that living, loving essence of the Holy Spirit that as we begin to read or hear the words of one of these divine sons of God, that it does begin to stir that greater knowing within ourselves. And that's what the teacher is here for, is to serve the soul in stirring it awake to the greater truth of what it is and from which it's come. So heed the words, listen to the words, take them in. But greater yet, take in that essence from which those words come, because in truth, it is that essence that is being shared from that action of the Holy Spirit to the soul. That's what's unfolding here. That's what has always unfolded throughout time from every teacher, every embodiment of that living word. Just in the past, as we have often heard, Jesus referred to as the Son of God. Oh my God, the Son of God. That's right. That's why I use the reference to the sons of God because there are many. There are many. I often like to say Jesus had good publicity or good marketing. You know, I know I make a joke of it, but it's true. It's just one of those things that really has gotten out there, but there's been others as well. You know, back in the beginning of the year 2000, when I received the mantle of the spiritual teacher is when I was made aware of this greater lineage, that in spirit I was shown that there are hundreds of these sons of God in this lineage that not only serve on this planet here that we're living on, but in many galaxies, many solar systems, many universes, not just this physical one here. This is huge. And there's many who serve in this action. But it's all an ushering of God's loving on every soul's journey. Even those sons of God or lineage have that journey of experience and expression in the action of service that they're here to do. But sometimes it's good to know this so that you may 
understand maybe a little bit more greater depth of what is unfolding here, that it is an action of God's loving, always supporting us, always walking with us, always bringing us along to have the experience that we are meant to have from every step of the way, whether we're just incarnating into this creation of time and space for our first time, or whether it's the last time that we're leaving. That action of God's loving walked with us all the way. And these spiritual teachers walk with us as that action in embodiment and individualization to assist us so we can experience, to see, to hear, to know. Even in all these individualized details, it gives us a reference in embodiment that in that example, in that demonstration, in that experience, we can begin to see that greater truth ourselves in this land of reflection where it's so easy to forget, so easy to become confused or wonder or doubt or worry. What's really going on? If we can have that reference point in the world, let alone in spirit, that it gives us the foundation or stability where we can begin to wake up and know that God has always journeyed with us, that God has always been there, has never left. It is simply we who at times have simply forgotten or looked away, looked into the experience, looked into the reflection, and rightfully so, so we could fully experience this journey through time and space, to experience separation, to experience the darkness, to know it fully. But yet all we have to do is turn around. And even in the darkness, that light has always been with us. Always. It just seems at times that maybe it has not. But the day we realize that it hasn't, we often feel blessed. We often feel grateful and acknowledge the divine presence and come more awake as it continues to stir us. And the more we acknowledge it, the more we open to it, the more we allow that experience to now bring us into yet greater fullness, greater understanding, greater fulfillment of that which we've come into experience to fulfill the karmas, to fulfill the journey. It's a simple walk, a simple path, but sometimes it can help to maybe know some more of the details to help bring a little more understanding of that journey. So in this, I'm also saying, do give acknowledgement to that embodiment of the living word, but know it's there as a service, not as something special, not as something to be set up on a pedestal, but something that is here to serve us to serve us in that greater awakening so that we truly awaken and can receive the blessings, to receive the initiation, to receive those sacred names, to put to use, to come to understanding, to learn the techniques, the way by which we can now put this to use, by which we can walk our own personal journey. It's a great service. It's a great dynamic. It's a wonderful journey. And it's amazing in its scope. It's magnificent in the becoming. And many of you here know much of this. Many of you here know that greater taste, 
that greater experience of loving. And we want more. We want more. We keep coming to class. We keep meditating. We keep listening to CDs, reading the books, to fill ourselves, to stir us awake, to answer something that maybe we're longing for. Sometimes we think it's more information to gain greater knowledge. And maybe that is part of it. Because sometimes when we feed the mind of that greater knowledge of spirit, it can fill the mind, point direction, give guidance and understanding so that the mind can be a greater participant or a tool or a vehicle that can now serve this journey rather than get in the way to support all that, to love all that, to be part of the action, yet never in the fullness, but yet to be a participant. Something we can do to not only invite God in, but to invite, invite the different parts of our own consciousness into alignment, to participate with this action we're choosing into of coming to know and awaken to the divine. You know, it was amazing as part of my own journey back in 1990 when I began to come more awake to this action. I was shown one day in spirit where I was taken up by Jesus in this master form and shown this lineage. And I saw these great teachers on the top of mountains. There's all these mountaintops. And I looked to the left and as far as I could see and beyond the history of the past, of all this lineage on each of the mountaintops, all these great teachers. And then I look to the right, and then it continues on, being shown this lineage. Each of those teachers on top of the mountain, those that have walked the inner journey, climbed the inner mountain, coming awake to the knowing of the truth of who they are and their action of service to those souls that are also walking this inner journey of awakefulness. And it was funny because at the time, I didn't know I was destined to walk and do this at the time. I didn't understand what that was about. I just know what my experience was, what I had been shown. And at the same time, I was in one of the valleys between the mountains. And then all of a sudden I was pointed out some of my own karmas, some of my own lessons, some of the struggles I had yet to work through. And yeah, they were some struggles all right. So I realized, my gosh, we all have struggles. Even these teachers in this lineage have their journey of experience through the struggle of life, through the experience of walking the challenges that they too also come to know the experience of the souls that they have to walk or that which is to experience here, what the experience of getting trapped, caught up in, entangled, untying or cutting free that Gordian knot releasing all the bounds. And it's that simple journey. It's just that simple journey. But understanding, the funny thing of this is often a journey of simply letting go, of simply allowing to allow ourselves to be open, to allow ourselves the vulnerability to receive a spirit. Reminded of a quote Jim made. I think that might be on one of our cards or something. Something along the lines of, the measure of your spirituality is the depth of your loving. 
The measure of your spirituality is the depth of your loving. That's kind of interesting. You know, I've learned over the years to go to that depth of loving that it takes a lot. It takes a lot to go to that loving. And that's a wonderful stretch. I guess the measurement part is how far do we stretch ourselves? How much do we allow ourselves to open and to surrender, to receive? Because a big action of this is to open up to receive that greater fullness of loving. Because in order to receive it, we've got to be willing to surrender, to let go of all those things that stand in the way. And what are those things? But simply parts of our own personal consciousness, our thoughts, our beliefs, our personal feelings about ourselves, about others, our fantasies, expectations, and fears, and judgments, all these different things. Sometimes we call it the little self. Sometimes we don't think we're worthy enough. We're too small. The small self. We don't have the self-worth. We don't have the valuing of ourselves. We don't love ourselves. See, these are different parts of the consciousness here. And it's those parts are often our part to do. Our job is to begin to work on ourselves, that we begin to find our own self-worth, to begin to value ourselves, to begin to love ourselves. It is through that self-love, not as in self-centered or egotistical, but the love of self, the love of the divine self, and allowing that divine love to pour into all these other areas in which we have the judgments and the fears and all that that we think we are or think we aren't that does stand in that way. That inner kingdom work is where a lot of our work is to be done. You know that phrase in here, becoming responsible for all of our thoughts and feelings, actions and reactions. That's what I'm talking about now. To take that greater responsibility. But you see a lot of that responsibility sometimes we think as maybe physical actions or maybe stinking thinking. But instead of focusing on that, why not focus on the loving of self? We always talk about loving, accepting, forgiving. To love and accept and forgive ourselves. Maybe that's the greater responsibility that can begin to change the thoughts and the feelings, the actions and the reactions. Because when you fill yourself with love on all those levels, well, then your actions are going to be loving. And your reactions will be loving. Your thoughts will be loving. Your feelings will be loving. To begin to fill all those levels within us through that loving. See, a lot of the time, we think we've got to do something through the mind. We've got to make it happen. And these are the belief systems. We don't think we're worthy. We don't value ourselves. So we think through the mind we've got to do something to create the value, to create the worthiness. And all we have to do is simply love ourselves. And in that loving, we begin to see that value 
We begin to see our worthiness. We begin to experience this greater truth. So begin to even look at how you approach this inner journey. Become more aware of the simplicity in the interaction that you can take in order to really become more fulfilled, to transcend or to release, to move through and change these inner dynamics that we hold against ourselves. Because that's what a lot of this is. Even when we think we're judging and reacting out here to others, that's coming from a place within us in which we're judging and holding ourselves back. That's where that's coming from. That's what the reaction's from. It's in ourselves. And so we respond to it out here in the reflection. We jump to conclusions. You know the phrase, we project out in each other. Oh, they projected on me. Oh, maybe they did. That's what everybody's doing here is projecting. Get used to it. The thing is, what do you do with it? That's the difference, is what do you do with that projection? How about letting it serve you to see what it stirs within you, to give you the opportunity to begin to love more parts of yourself? How about if we take that approach? Instead of getting upset, going into resistance, pushing back, fighting back, lashing back, running away, instead of any of that, how about if we take that projection from the world around us and whatever it stirs within us as an opportunity to begin to love that part inside of ourselves that has now been stirred, stirred awake. Those aren't the parts we like to have stirred awake, right? No, that's the part where we go into fight or flight. But these, in truth, are opportunities that we can take to begin to transform through loving. So instead of resisting or pushing it away or button heads with somebody or laying down and just surrendering to them, begin to find a place of loving so that loving begins to permeate and move in and through your own reactions. And as it does, automatically, you'll begin to find that loving now spilling out or overflowing into the world around you so that even your response around you, you'll begin to find a response of loving rather than reaction of againstness or resistance. We begin to respond in loving. But this takes the inner work. This takes working with these reactions, to not ignore or avoid them anymore, to begin to truly do the inner work. And that's the challenge. That's the part that hurts. That's the part that's hard. I don't know anybody that it's not hard for because a lot of these things are painful. They're uncomfortable. But yet those are the very things that we can call our karmas that are keeping us entrapped. So what do we do? We try to figure out our karma, right? Don't even take that approach because then you're now in the mind trying to figure it out to this emotional response you got going on. It's through loving 
through loving, loving, accepting, and forgiving, begin to love. That's how you get the karma clear. The funny thing is, karma's unconscious. This stuff pushes us, works us up and over pretty good. And we don't know what's going on. We feel like we're the victim. It's just pushing us around. That's what it does. If we knew what it was, we could have dominion over it. It couldn't control us anymore. We wouldn't be reactive. We wouldn't be the victim, in other words. But see, that's what happens when you get the karma complete. You do overcome it. And you get free of it that way. But there is a way that that happens. First of all, understand when you're in reaction, your karma's upon you, so to speak. Just be understanding that you don't know what's going on. I was just talking to somebody the other day and we said, yeah, when we're in our karma, we're in our stupidness. That's right. It's true. We're stupid when we're in a karma. Nobody's not. Nobody's not. So we are all stupid on one level, or many levels maybe. And we're also all very knowing. So start to understand the difference. And the loving is the knowing and the karma is the stupidness. It wouldn't be karma otherwise. Do you think we had really choose into this stuff that's so painful and going through everything that comes with it? No, of course not. But just realize when you're in your stupidness, it's not going to do you any good to fight or run away and avoid it. Just know that. That's your divine knowing. And realize in the divine knowing is where the loving is. The loving is the divine knowing. So if you want to understand and know the karma, you've got to move into the loving. You've got to move into spirit. Take time. Go within. Sit down. Go into meditation. Come to the seat of the soul where the loving resides. And in the loving, you'll begin to rise above and find the true wisdom and understanding. Not through figuring it out. And as you move into the loving, then if the loving wants you to know in your mind more of the details and the understanding mentally, that'll pour in information download. But that's not figuring it out. That's not trying to guess it, trying to flush it out. Let the loving flush it out. Let the loving bring the understanding. Let the loving fulfill the karma. It's the only true fulfillment is what I'm trying to say here. It's the only true fulfillment because loving is the only thing that can fulfill the soul's journey of karma, of experience. As we know, karma is unlearned lessons. And I always like to say, how do you learn your lessons? Through experience. But it's through the experience of loving that we learn the lesson, that we fulfill it, and we complete the karma. That's the key thing to keep in mind here. Keep in soul, keep in heart, keep in more than mind. It's so easy to get distracted and forget everything I'm saying right now. And we all do it. I'm just as guilty. Saying, oh my God, what's this? And why? Because when it's uncomfortable, we don't like what we're going through, we try to do everything we can to change it. And rightfully so. And let that be okay. 